Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Twitter space today on this gorgeous, gorgeous Sunday afternoon in Johannesburg. My name is Dineo Zamela. Good afternoon, everyone, and my name is Sam the Challenger. Good afternoon, Dineo. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks, Sam. How are you? I'm, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Great. So thank you very much to everyone for joining us and welcome to our special Workers uh, Workers Day edition of our regular Finance Fit SA check-ins here on Twitter Spaces. Yeah, so I know a lot of you are used to us coming um, on these Twitter Spaces on Friday, but um, this Workers Day, you know, it, it, it comes as the state of disaster was implemented in March 2022. I think everybody can remember the day. You know, I, I even remember when the announcement was made. Um, but yeah, but I think we about three years after that, um, the, the state of disaster has been, you know, has been ongoing and now has been lifted. Um, and yeah, so we, we, we're getting back to a, a sense of normality. You know, I know a lot of people speak about post pandemic as if it's still gone. It's still with us. Um, but yeah, we, we, we are getting back to a bit of normal. Definitely, Sam. And I think as, you know, we, we hated this phrase during the pandemic, the new normal, but it is exactly what is that uh, it is, right? Um, and as we're opening up, getting back, trying to get back to normal um, and living with COVID because it doesn't look like it's going away, um, we're starting to notice the many ways that the pandemic has um, impacted and changed the way we do things, particularly when it comes to the way we work. Most definitely. I think I was one of the people that, that enjoyed um, level five lockdown. And the reason why is because of I could work from home. Um, so I know during during the lockdown, you know, working from home became a norm. I mean, even for people who couldn't work at home, you know, some of the tasks uh, were, were starting to be done at home, right? Um, and right now, a lot of businesses, a lot of companies are experimenting um, with the flexible work, um, either work from home, work from the office a couple of days, or, you know, have somewhere in the middle um, where you, 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 you work in both at home and in the office at times. Absolutely, Sam. And I think um, a lot of companies, especially like internationally um, in the U.S., we started seeing, um, you know, some of these big organizations either coming up and saying they have a completely flexible, you never have like work from home policy. So, um, it, it, you know, coming into the office is completely optional. Some coming up with a hybrid model. Some still haven't quite figured it out. But um, I think whether it's better to work from home, from the office in between, not everyone is on the same page about it. <laughs> and, and today, I think, you know, judging by the engagements that we've received earlier on, um, we're going to be having a robust um, debate and discussion, right, to, 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 to ask, you know, you know, our audience to what they think about the debate, you know, about working from home or working from the office or even having a bit of both, right? So, so let us know where you stand um, on Twitter with our hashtag, obviously, FinanceFitSA. That's hashtag FinanceFitSA. Or, you know, you could request to speak during the session to just kind of join the conversation. Um, and we'll, we'll be taking questions and comments um, from our listeners. Obviously, at the end of our discussion, we do have a special guest um, in the studio today. I'm also very excited to announce that if you join the conversation during today's Spaces session, you could win an instant money voucher with 750 Rand. <laughs> so, 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 uh, can I win one, Dineo? 
Oh, it's just this, this uh-uh, is just for listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so yes, yes. Unfortunately, me and Dino are disqualified from entering because of we, we we technically know all the answers. I'm joking. So, ten lucky winners um, will win um, uh, one of the 750 instant money voucher. You will win if you code retweet our Twitter poll, um, which which should be pinned um, on this space um, and answering the question, you know, what do you prefer? Do you prefer working from the office, working from home or in between? Um, please, when you quote to retweet again, use our hashtag, you know, hashtag FinanceFitSA um, in order for you to stand a chance to win um, one of that um, instant money voucher. And Sam has already mentioned, but uh, today's guest is Vumi Msueli, and I'm very excited to be chatting to her. Uh, Vumi is a career coach and the CEO of Chesed Consulting. She has almost a decade of experience in financial services in the financial services sector, um, where she works as both a coach and a consultant. I'm definitely, and everyone on the line, we're all looking forward to talking to her about how the pandemic has changed how we work, whether she believes working from home or from the office is better for productivity, and how working remotely may have affected people psychologically. Definitely. And let's kick the the discussion off. Um, I'm sure she's ready to go. <laughs> she's been smiling. And and, and, and today's, in today's discussion, we really want to find the answer to the question, is it better to work from home or from the office? Um, if you have any quotes, you know, if you have any, you know, stories of your personal experience from uh, about working from home or even in the office during the lockdown, please do share it um, with the team, as I said. And, and don't forget to include the hashtag, hashtag FinanceFitSA. Um, Dineo, can we achieve a finance fit sa sam it can be for me thank you very much for joining us today hello welcome hello 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 everybody i'm very excited for this conversation Oh, loving the energy already. Um, I think let's just jump right into it, Vumi. Um, you obviously, this is your world. You understand it best. You've been in it for quite a while now. You know the trends um, and all that. Based on your experience, does research, um, especially recent research, um, is there any research that seems to show that there is a difference in productivity between working remotely and working from the office? So what's been interesting is uh, during the, the during the you know it, it, we've been calling it the pandemic, a lot of people started working from home, and what we saw is a sixteen percent increase in productivity, and a lot of a lot of employers were surprised, right? Because initially when we kicked off, everyone was time watching. You better be. I'm checking if you're logging in at eight o'clock. I'm checking if you're logging out at six. And all of a sudden, when, when employers stopped doing that and gave their employees more freedom as to how they started to work people started to work longer and harder hours. And there are a number of reasons for this, right? So the first we've noticed is people no longer stick to their working hours when working from home. You work longer hours. And I know some of you are saying, Vumi, preach. You all of a sudden are now sitting at your laptop during lunch and having lunch there. You're in back-to-back meetings. By the time you finish your meetings at five, you're now catching up on your emails till seven. So as opposed to having the average eight-hour work week, um, eight hour week, eight hour day, 
you're now finding that people are actually working 10 to 12 hours. So as an employer, you're getting an increase of two to four additional hours that did not exist prior. Another thing that we're seeing that's increasing this productivity is what we're seeing is people want to be accountable. So they go the extra mile to prove that they actually are competent and actually are valued and actually are working. And this is also driven by the number of retrenchments we saw coming when COVID hit. A lot of a lot of businesses weren't able to survive. So in being able to prove the value you bring, you start bringing more value. Mm-hmm. So we see people actually being more productive at home as opposed to coming to the office. And I guess you've got less fewer coffee breaks as wow. well. Uh, I'm just echoing, you know, what, what Vumi is saying, you know, um, I think a bad habit that I have, you know, in started off during lockdown was having lunch, you know, while I'm working, mm. right? I think I don't remember, you know, having lunch, shutting off my laptop because of, as you mentioned, right, we work longer hours, you know, we have working lunches, right? So, so, so I wanted to find out just from you, Vumi. Um, what are, what are your own personal experience from working at home versus working from the office? And which option would you prefer? I remember when the pandemic started, uh, there was a lot of, first of all, a lot of free time because you're no longer getting ready for um, your work day um, or in the same order as you would. You know, you sort of get up, shower, um, do your normal like morning routine. But instead of getting dressed up, you jump into your sweatpants, maybe wear a formal office shirt if you need to have your camera on. Um, And then you just sit, you know, um, the whole day in front of your your, um, computer or laptop. So, so I think I think Vumi was was answering what she prefers, um, right? Working from home, working from the office, or in between, and and share a bit of an experience that she she has had about working from home. Um, I, I I I I echoed her, her her sentiment earlier on that I think a bad habit that I started doing, you know, during lockdown was having my lunch while working, right? I don't remember a point where I shut down my PC or I logged off to go have lunch, um, you know, elsewhere, you know, apart from from my working space. So for my side, I've been a digital nomad for several years. So I've had the, you know, the privilege of I work in Nigeria, I work in Botswana, I work in Rwanda, South Africa. So I tend to work remotely. So by the time COVID hit, I was quite comfortable. And I was grateful that some of my clients were finding comfortable with saying, actually, for me, just coach online. So if I have to choose between walking into the office or being in my slippers at home, I'm definitely choosing my slippers at home. <laughs> <laughs> And Dineo, which one do you prefer? Um, honestly, Sam, I'd have to say a hybrid. Um, I think there's certainly value um, in in going into the office, and it, it, it I've certainly seen. So we started slowly trickling back, and um, I was saying earlier on the call that um, I definitely have far fewer um, meetings because people now just will be like, let's just catch up now. So it definitely feels like there's a degree of flexibility around it, and a, you know, flexibility in terms of my schedule. Um, so I, I think a, a bit of both. Awesome. Awesome. I I personally, I, I don't want to go into the office, right? I think <laughs> if, slippers, Sam. <laughs> if, if I go to the office, it's either I'm being dragged literally or, or there's something important that I need to do. But I, I, I prefer 100% remote or, or working at home. Absolutely. And I think, um, Vumile, perhaps um, here's the other big thing about whether, um, which ar- arrangement works best. I think there's been a, you know, people have been trying to compare how much effort 
money, time um, it takes to travel to the office. I mean, you're, it's petrol or transport costs. Mm. It's you getting up, having to decide what to wear. And then it's, it's buying clothes to go into the office. We haven't had to buy clothes for two years. Those of us who are office bound, you've, you, you just, you know, sort of have um, five, you know, um, sweatpants that you just, just sort of like rotate through the week um, and now all of a sudden you're having to go buy work clothes you know um, and I think it, it's also it felt like the pandemic has perhaps offered us a peek into the possibility of us finding something close to that work-life balance that's always been so ever elusive um, you know taking all of these into consideration how do you think this dynamic home office um or something in between how does this dynamic influence or impact the overall debate about what we actually should be doing i think it definitely depends on the business you're in so if you're looking at your industry that will determine what works best so we've seen you know a number of people in the creative space saying they need to be physically together and then you've seen the likes of a burner boy producing an entire album remotely on zoom <laughs> so I do, I do think it depends on the personality so that's why i think the hybrid model is probably best suited because it covers everybody if you tend to be a little bit more introverted you are more productive and are able to get more things done in the comfort of your own home if you're extroverted and you are an organization that's really driving innovation that comes through collaboration which tends to happen a little bit more naturally naturally within the office, then you have to continue that intentionality um, online or just, you know, go do a hybrid model and have your employees come into the office. So I think a hybrid model probably is what's going to be, you know, happening in the future. You know, I recall, you know, working in some time in Germany several years ago, and even back then, it's one of the largest organizations of Vodafone in the world, and they could not have all their employees come into the office because the building would collapse. So even at that time, they had a hybrid model where people would come in knowing, okay, my office days are Monday and Wednesday, and I sometimes come in on Friday for team meetings. So it even allowed for them to have talent in other parts of the of the of Europe, not even living in Germany, come in for only two days, catch a train and come in for two days. Still allowing that, you know, innovation and collaboration to to occur, but still giving people enough freedom to in essence be comfortable working from home. I do think it's a cultural norm more than it is of the physicality of being in the office or being at home. What is the culture of your organization? What are you trying to drive? Are you saying, listen, we need you to engage with customers? How does your customer want to be engaged? Are they more comfortable on Zoom or are they wanting a cup of coffee in your office? So I think it's very important you look at your industry, you look at what your organizational drivers are, and also what is the culture you're trying to incorporate? Because also if you go full on back to, back to the office, you might find yourself very, very under pressure and confused should we get a, a third, fourth, or fifth pandemic coming our way. So I think we have to be very agile as an organization to comfortably be able to do both. So being in the commercial sales truck game, I mean the sales game, I found that since the pandemic started, um, I found more benefits for me working from home, being mm. a, a mom as well and a wife. Um, I found better work-life balance in terms of, you know, I don't be, mean to be a feminist, but us women can multitask, you know. <laughs> the cooking, the cleaning. <laughs> then you log on to your meetings at 8 a.m. and then it's another one at lunchtime. And also it's less commute stress. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a less stressful environment as opposed to being in an office surrounded by 50 employees or more. 
Um, also, the location is quite independent because you just wake up in the morning, have your breakfast, you have your shower, you get ready for your morning. And you still have your protocol of time management of a working day because you've got to be disciplined, you know. And um, I found that I improved my inclusivity with I found that I improved my inclusivity with my peers and my colleagues, as well as management. I found that I was more productive and I also saved a lot of money, as you mentioned before, about mm. uh, petrol costs and um, toll fees, levies, because as sales reps, we go out to see the client. And most of the time, since the pandemic started, my clients preferred a Zoom, a Google meeting, or a um, any other platform that they used, which was quite sophisticated enough for them. And mm. it worked in it worked for me. And um, I felt even at home, you have like a sacred space that you turn into an office space for yourself. So your energy level is much more productive when there's no derailment coming to your brain. There's nobody nagging you from the, from the left, from the side, from the top, from the bottom, you know. As, <laughs> Did you do this? Did you do that? It's not so easy for somebody to get to you to derail what you need to focus on. Wow. Thank you very much, uh, Roste, for sharing. Um, I just want to see if Sam or Vumila are back on the line. Uh, no yes, problem. we are. Roste, I'm curious. Can you hear us, Dineo? Just to check? Yes. yes. All right, perfect. Vumile. Yes, hi. We're back in the land of, of Twitter. Um, I'm just curious. I was running the fourth. <laughs> Thanks for holding it down. I'm curious to know that from a, from a performance perspective, as a sales rep, how did you see your sales improving or declining, um, you know, as you transition from, from face-to-face through to online? You know what, Vumile? As I mentioned to Dineo, I said it's an A-plus for me because my sales increased drastically, you know, as a better work-life balance for me, less commute stress, you know, you don't have anybody to derail your brain um, from left or right. Did you do this? Did you do that? Can you help me with this? Can you do this for me? You know, you're focusing on your A game and that is to sell. Also, the location working from home as an independent location and like i said to Dineo, um it's more about your aura and where your energies are i was working uh, with the old mutual and uh, it was before the uh, pandemic before the covid 19 and uh, we are working at a stationed uh, workplace so there are so many advantages natural advantages that come with working from office we must say uh, we have to adjust to the fact that we've been living uh, in the COVID-19 or whatever, but uh, the thing remains that uh, working from office is the real thing, 100%. I don't take any objections on that. Working from office is the best thing to go. So uh, when we look at working from uh, office, you may ask me what are those of the advantages of working from office? I will say that office improves employee well-being because when you reopen the office, you need to consider the uh, well-being of your workers. 41% of the employees have felt more anxious and isolated than what, uh, when you're working from home, you're so isolated. It's like you're far from the company. But when you're working in the office, like the office can easily monitor your well-being and it's also easy to boost, uh, to boost 
your productivity when you're working from the office. Then it also uh, it draws a line between work and life, home and and work. When you're working at office, there's a difference between work and life balance because when we are balancing home and work life it can keep us on our toes at the best of the time but the office provides a clear place of work which employees can physically live at the end of each day so being able to mentally switch from work helps to reduce stress imagine if you're working from home the whole day you may even forget that you're working we have seen this many times there were very videos that were circulating over the internet where people were working at home and they were being disrupted by their kids, by their wives, by their family. So it really, <laughs> no, this is not funny, but I mean, you can tell me you're working, maybe you're on a Zoom meeting, you're talking to CEOs and shareholders of the company, and then your kid come running in the Zoom call. How do you explain that? So I am saying working from office, I think it has much more better advantages than working at home. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Ramesh. <laughs> Thank you, Ramesh. Very, very interesting points. I, I, I'd want to go back um, to um, to Vumile, uh, uh, Vumi. So, so I think the last, you know, the last two guests have spoken about productivity, mm. right? I mean, I mean, one said they work very productive at home, you know, and Ramesh just obviously pointed out, you know, that working at home is not productive. He works productive at the office. Mm. So, I want you maybe to unpack how maybe the paradigm of productivity is changing right because of i think in the past you know a lot of us and a lot of you know em employers used to think that you're only productive if there's bumps in the seats mm. right but there's some people who prefer working at home or you know hybrid models so how should you know corporations companies you know employers change you know the, the paradigm of productivity when it comes you know to the new world of working so historically in looking at the paradigm of productivity it's been based on the industrial revolution which is very, very mechanical. How many people can we get to sew this garment? They have to physically be there. And that's what we would measure, is how quickly they can do things. Um, and this is, that's been the history. That's why a lot of organizations still believe in timesheets, etc. It's you physically being there equates to productivity. But research and data has shown us that that's not necessarily the truth. The truth is it should be output related. What are your organizational objectives? Are your employees meeting them? How they go about doing that is completely up to them. And we're even seeing this drive in how, um, in how Gen Zs are what the organizations they choose to go for. They choose to go for small organizations because they've got a lot more flexibility in how they get the output done. So an interesting statistic shows that currently, remember that these guys, some of them, it's their first time working and they've actually never worked. Um, I was coaching recently a law firm, I won't say the name, but they've never been in the office. So they were pa panicking. Mm. And we had to say to them, you're going to have to speak to and present to people, you know, in, in real life. And they were like, I, I don't know how to do that. I can only present on Zoom with everyone's cameras off. Yeah. It's a skill set that they haven't actually acquired, yet they've been so productive and they've been named the most productive um, a class that they've ever had. Okay, that is how impactful it's been for them working from home. So in looking at what are the paradigms of productivity, for me, there are a number of levels that we're looking at. One, we're looking at what's the actual output. Two, we're looking at what are organizational values that we're trying to implement. Are we trying to disrupt? Are we trying to disrupt? If we're trying to disrupt, then we have to have an innovation. Does our current uh, setup cultivate a culture that can allow for that to happen? 
And then, of course, we also have to look at, as, as our previous speaker mentioned, the well-being of our employees. That's also a paradigm of productivity to say, do we have people whose, whose input into our organization is well looked after? And the reality is this. We've seen an increase in depression with people actually working from home. And that also comes into the inability to have that that initial break to say, I'm closing my laptop, it's time for work. And this is often associated with the guilt aspect. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of pillars we're looking at if we're looking at the paradigm of productivity. Our means of production, which of course are our employees, looking at what used to be historical, just having people there, and of course the output and us actually achieving our, our organizational goals. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Romile. I think um, you, you've said so many things um, and certainly, you know, when COVID started or when the pandemic, um, you know, caused the whole world literally to um, shut down, um, we kept, there was like this optimism, you know, every month we'd sort of keep track of the numbers and people kept on going, you know, um, it's going to open up in maybe like three months, three months, and then every three months it would be another three months. Mm. Um, and so, they, you know, there was that initial shock of the uh, the lockdown and then that optimism around we're getting back, we're, we're going to open up quite soon because everyone's going to have this under control. And then I think uh, about nine months into it, I think everyone realized we're, we're not, mm-hmm. this isn't going to be over anytime mm-hmm. soon. So we started getting used to, you know, the flexibility and sort of this work from home environment. Um, and it seemed at some point like this was just, the way it was going to be going forward, you know. Um, but um, now we're here, you know, state of the nation. Um, I mean, wow. <laughs> um, a, a state of disaster um, lifted and we're starting to to, 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 to get back into um, what we were before. Um, do you think the pandemic has offered us an opportunity or offered businesses rather an opportunity to improve or just really rethink and recalibrate and perhaps propose new ways and different ways of working that might be able to accommodate all these new things we're discovering, um, you know, accommodate uh, maximum or efficient productivity and people getting the breaks when they need them instead of people just like constantly um, being on a buzz and constantly working are we finding our balance yeah, I think that was a, that's a question that would be relevant even prior to the pandemic. You know, um, we often talk, and this is the biggest, when people hear I'm a coach, career coach, they're like, when we work-life balance, and I'm like, it's a fallacy, guys. For something to be balanced, it means that you are giving equal energy to both. By virtue of the fact that you work five days out of a seven-day work week, you're imbalanced. Okay, so it does not exist. What you're looking for is work-life fluidity. How how smoothly can you transition from one to the other whilst getting the energy you require to replenish yourself? And I think that's a lot of onus has been given to employers to look after this. But I think even as employees, this is something you must be cognizant of. A little test. Every time you've got to charge your phone, you've got to charge yourself. Stop. Stretch. Mm. Breathe. Get a glass of water. When you're having lunch, book it in your diary. Go sit in the sunshine, get some vitamin D in the sunshine and have your lunch. A lot of this, purely by virtue of the fact that we're now at home, 
we still want someone to dictate and to us how we should work and i think employers and a lot of the the the, 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 the corporations that i work with are about Vumi, please help support our employees to take accountability from for their well-being from their own perspective and i think that's something we must take the mantle on your employer knows what they require of you but guess what you don't have to say yes to every single meeting you can say unfortunately mm. Mm. i'm booked and you are booked you're booked for a 10 minute coffee break at that time mm. can we have this meeting 30 minutes later because you've got to get grab lunch and it is so important that we start being accountable and cognizant of what it is that we need you know there's a fantastic uh, book recently i've read about mindfulness by hill nicholson what are the rituals you put in place on a daily uh, on a daily uh, basis. I know when I close my laptop at six o'clock and I grab my glass of wine, I'm done for the day. I know that on a Friday, uh, when I'm when I'm like, okay, every second week, I'm going to my Chinese massage masseuse, I'm done for the weekend. I'm not opening up that laptop again. There's certain decisions you can make. You're at home. Why do you still have your mails on your phone? So at two o'clock in the morning, when you go to the bathroom, you quickly are catching up. You actually don't disengage. Even your machinery needs to recharge. You definitely need to as well. So you you have to really, really be very intentional about putting that in place for yourself. That's one aspect. The second aspect is that even within an organizational space, an organization will always try drive productivity. Mm. But if productivity is at the cost of you and it's causing burnout and you're not saying anything because you're at home, you're like, I don't want to be that person sitting up a call with HR when I'm at home. You're not giving the data that they guilty. need. Yeah. So you're just as guilty of being an accomplice in, in, your, in, in really deteriorating your own work-life fluidity. So that's, I think, how we should shift our perspective there, Dineo. So, so many wow. things, I think, so many things to consider for me. I think you, you're absolutely right, right? I think it, it's very hard. It's, it's very hard to, I mean, go from, you know, working and being productive and taking your lunch, right? That's mm. why, you know, even when you take lunch away from your laptop, you feel guilty, right? Mm. And when you're eating lunch in front of your laptop, you feel like much better because of, you know, you're not letting go of the productivity. But I think it goes back to the long-term health effect of that, right? Um, so so I think from, from the conversation, you know, I'm gleaning that, you know, mainly a hybrid model is the one that's going to be working, right? I think, as, as we mentioned earlier on, there's probably like two schools of thoughts, one saying, you know, 100% remote, the other one says 100% office, but obviously where we're going to be right now is somewhere in the middle, right? Sometimes in the office and sometimes working at home. I want to just understand from your view, you know, we, we, we hear a lot about organizational culture or mm-hmm. office culture, right? Um, you know, there's a there's a saying, you know, by Peter Drucker who says, you know, you know, organizational culture eats strategy for breakfast, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, to find out from you, how can, you know, organization go about building a culture in that, you know, fluid w- work environment where some people are working at home, some people are working re- um, um, in the office, some are just hybrid, you know, how, how do organizations start building that organizational culture, that office culture that, you know, morale team morale if i can call it that that's a great question and i think for me it's going to come the key is going to kick off with your onboarding how are you interviewing people how are you bringing them onto your into your organization for them to get a sense of what it means to be a part of your organization and i think also from an organizational perspective it's going to shift a little bit because we're finding ourselves in the gig economy and the gig economy states that you're not going to own 
an employee anymore. Mm. You own them for 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 like 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 I say with Uber. With Uber, you jump in it. You jump into the taxi. The moment the cab says okay, feed done, you jump off. It's not yours anymore. That's how employees are going to be. So for that period that they are part of your organization, how do you in, in, influence the values and how you'd like things done in that period? And for me, that's going to come from an onboarding perspective and it's going to come from an engagement perspective. A lot of organizations haven't been cognizant as to how do we go about engaging our employees online? Mm. And this for me has been, I literally have been talking a lot to even to CEOs around this is what conversations are you happening what conversations are happening from your senior leadership through to your middle uh, middle management through to your juniors and through to everybody else do you have weekly touch bases and how do those weekly touch bases look like is everyone's camera off that's done 78 percent of communication gone because mm. all i've got is your voice yeah so the culture of maybe switch on our cameras so we can see each other the culture of how do we get to know each other and one of the tips i always give is we in my organization we have a food a food day where literally someone's sitting in Nigeria, one of my assistants is sitting in Nigeria, the other one is sitting in Zimbabwe, the other one's sitting here in South Africa, and we will eat the same meal because we've got Uber Eats. Mm. And we get to have a conversation through a meal, even though we're not physically in the office. So what or how? What can you achieve using technology to create that culture? Do you have a culture of its only emails or do you still have chats? Mm. Because that also creates a sense of intimacy. How are you looking at your team builds to infuse that culture, um, even if it's remote? So it's so, so important that you get really, really comfortable leveraging technology, not only to drive productivity, but to drive connection. And, you know, we all we all do this. Some of us haven't seen some of our friends in months, some of us even years. Yeah. But it feels like you know them so well because you see what's happening on their social media. You see what's happening on their WhatsApp statuses. You had a conversation with them last week. How do you create create what I call pseudo intimacy, mm. leveraging technology, that feeling of togetherness, of connected of connectedness, even though you might be halfway across the world. Makes sense. Great, thanks. Thank you so much, Vomila. I think um, I'm going to ask a question, and then we're going to jump in and get uh, some. Uh, questions from the audience but um, I think Vomila we've sort of um, for a, a large part of this conversation um, we've sort of presented a very um, you know polarized version as work from home work from the office um, and we haven't really given any thought to uh, the hybrid model um, you know um, and that sense of flexibility and interchangeability and I think um, it gives people perhaps you know as you're talking, the work-life fluidity. Um, I know, for instance, um, what's worked for me is there's now um, less, I mean, I don't think it was ever frowned upon, um, but it certainly feels uh, a whole lot better now that um, I can, you know, I know that I can drop my son off in the morning, go to the office, and then when it's time to pick him up from school, I can go pick him up from school and then resume my working day um, during that time. And I've blocked it out in my diary that during for an hour or 45 minutes during this time, I am on a very hard, cannot be contacted because I'm going to be on the road. Um, so there's a, certainly, it feels like there's a lot more flexibility that's come with the pandemic. Um, and from your perspective and given your experience, um, what do you think are the pros and cons of this approach? And um, surely it, it almost feels like businesses should be opening up in more um 
more willing to take this approach as opposed to a hard um, work in the office or work from home policy? So I think it's going to depend a lot on who in essence they are looking to attract. So if you're looking at purely the remote space, your talent space is no longer solely people in South Africa. And I know we live in a country that's got the highest unemployment rate, but I am recruiting from people from all over the world. I'm saying who's the best at what they do and can they bring that to the table? The people from a hybrid perspective, for me, I think a lot of organizations are going to choose that route locally, purely because it's very hard to transition solely out. But we've also seen a number of organizations say, listen, actually paying for land and buildings is expensive. Paying for electricity is expensive. Paying for water is expensive. Let's shut down our office and go into more co-working spaces. So even from an organizational perspective, the ramifications of even having a hybrid model, which we have to be cognizant of, because if you're paying rent and people are only gonna be using that office two to three times a day, uh, um, a day, is it still worth it? Does it still make financial sense? Um, you know, in the face of COVID with the wallet share for most consumers, businesses and individuals alike is shrinking. So we have to think if this is even feasible in the long term. I think we've seen a number of organizations actually start converting their beautiful offices into residential properties because there's a greater demand for that. So in looking at what is what would work best in the future from a hybrid perspective, I, I, I suggest that probably in the next three to five years it will be the hybrid model, but I think long term it is going to transition to full-time remote work. Um, if we're looking mm. at people from a, from, a, from, a, from a global perspective, the, the leaders in technology are predominantly remote working. And I think that's where we're going to find ourselves um, heading towards. Specifically in, in a world where we are an emerging economy, we've got less resources to play with. The more rands and cents we can uh, pull together and reduce in our cost, the, the more jobs we in essence can create. And that also goes to the question of, from a remote and hybrid perspective, what we're seeing as well is what we're calling shift works. Um, there's a massive trend happening currently even in the country where even the concept of a five-day work week is now being questioned. Should it only be a four-day work week where we have people working, you know, some people work three days, some people work four days, where you get to have the productivity continue without having the, the financial pressure of having to pay two salaries because now the salaries will be a little bit reduced it increases our unemployment uh, it, it increases our employment rate increases a productivity rate without with whilst reducing our costs so that's something that's going to happen in the mm -hmm. future so hybrid i reckon three to five years post that i i i see us i foresee us joining the rest of um, the you know some of the larger economies and focusing predominantly on remote work and I think, Vumila, um, before, um, I think somebody's requested, but I think the one tricky bit, and somebody mentioned it in one of the comments I read um, while people were commenting, is load sharing. And I think that's the other, perhaps, the other big factor for us as South Africa, you know, <laughs> in terms of whether we go full remote. And I think everyone who's worked from home knows when the electricity goes down, everything goes down. Sometimes the electricity doesn't even come back on time. And, 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 and. Is it realistic to expect a full remote environment? I think so. So I've got the privilege of working and living in between Nigeria and Lagos and South Africa. And guess what? 
in what we like to call NEPA as conversion in Nigeria, we continue. We continue without having electricity sometimes for, you know, uh, 80 to 90 percent of the day. South Africans, I think, you know, we are a little bit in denial with what happens with low shedding. It's been with us for over a decade, guys, and we still act surprised. So I think the sooner we acclimatize, the better. (laughs) If I'm at my house, I've got an inverter and it's literally focusing on having my Wi-Fi and laptop continue to, to have that source of power. We now have wee boxes, which you just plug into your Wi-Fi and it continues. The sooner you can accept the circumstances in which you find yourself and make an alternative choices, the, the, the more productive you can be. Because if you are an employee, and I said to you, as of tomorrow, you are now a consultant. You're not employed by this organization, but mm. you're a consultant. And if you don't have access to, to laptop and a power, you, you're not going to get paid end of the month inverters across the country would be sold out mm. so it is mm. that culture of no 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 my, my, my employer must look after it but we're getting to the the phase where the gig economy is taking over yeah. and it's a shared economy meaning that your employer is not going to be responsible for that in the future you might need to be and if that's what's ha- going to be happening in the horizon what is your personal plan and strategy to make sure you are still employable Mm. if this were to happen. So just some food for thought. Use it, don't use it. But you know, I know I like to get paid at the end of the month. <laughs> I, 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 I like the views coming out of there. I, I for one, I am for the four-day um, week. Um, rather do the five-day work in four days and have an extra week, uh, sort of day for, for the weekend. So I love that. And and I think um, one thing that you mentioned that, you know, we, 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 we ought to also think differently about ourselves as employees right we we are contractors yeah. right and and i'm contracting my time to this organization you know and and you know i was also reading another article the other day about lockdown and 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 obviously working at home that many more people right now are doing side hustles you know at home because they have more time so as mm-hmm. as you've mentioned right where we get into a point where you know people might have two three jobs right um the two like they do in america <laughs> the other two mm-hmm. jobs are working remotely and you obviously also seeing your time you know to all these you know all these companies and you you operate like a freelancer right and not just an employee so i love i love i love i love that um quick one is there anyone that has requested dino on your side i think is it nikki that maybe wants to add to the conversation or um um sam i don't see nikki um on the line um but i do have a question for vanille okay go for it um you know you you mentioned um you know uh making sure one being ready uh, to, to, to adjust to the circumstances. And I guess my question is, um, should it not also um, be one of the perks that come with, you know, should we not leave it to employers uh, to say, you being online is our responsibility. We will give you an inverter and an and 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 to ensure that you're able to continue being productive while you're at home because we give you that when you're in the office anyway. That's a great question. And I think for the, some of the larger organizations, that's very, very feasible. For, but for some of the small to medium-sized enterprise, and that's where we see most of economic growth come from, I don't think it's necessarily going to be feasible. So I will use mm-hmm. myself as an example, right? If I'm looking to employ someone, one of the questions I ask, and you will laugh, but I ask that, do you have a power source? Do you have a laptop? And that's because I've lived in Nigeria long enough that I need to know. So like the crisis now that's happened with one of my one of my team members in Nigeria is when we have got a power source, it's a generator, but we've got a fuel shortage in the country. 
Now that's mm. another conversation. But because I'm working across the continent and even with people who support me in Zambia, I ask that. What is, what is your plan when there's no electricity? No, don't worry, I've got an inverter. So, and, and this is a normal question that other employers ask across the continent. It sounds foreign mm. to us because we, we've never had to deal with that before. But we've been dealing with it for, 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 you know, for several years now. And if we're going to anticipate that every single employer, every single small to medium size and potentially even large organization has to buy an inverter, which costs about 67,000 Rand for employees ranging between 15 to, to 6,000, depending on how, how, how large, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. But it can be also asked of them if we know that they're also going to close down the offices. So rent is not going to get paid. Uh, water and electricity is not going to get paid. Then the numbers start to mm. make a little bit of sense. I have seen some organizations go ahead and buy inverters for the, for, all, for the entire staff. It is something we have to look at. Remember that with, when we are looking at the gig economy, we are saying I am partnering with my employer to co-create mm. this product or service. You need to be able to take a look at your employer's financial books and say, is this even possible? Because a lot of us, I think, got a big reality check with, with COVID and actually are not like, I'm just grateful to be employed. So we, we can't mm. lose that sense of gratitude of being able to add value in, 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 in essence in a world where we've got some of the highest unemployment in, in the globe. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so we're going to take set two. Is it set two? Um, you can just unmute if you've got a question uh, for Vumi or if you want to just contribute to the discussion. The floor is yours, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Greetings uh, to Start Bank, the panel, and uh, respectively all the owners who are participating, all the protocol observed. With uh, regard uh, to the transition that uh, is currently happening within the length and breadth of South Africa, or as I might say, the length and breadth of uh, the African continental trading. There is another aspect of how we are looking at the, the ramification of uh, smart cities linked to smart infrastructure so that uh, we can be able to uh, drive the changes of uh, the drivers of uh, artificial intelligence and how best can human computer interaction or human machine interaction or human robot interaction while remotely working or while they are autonomous wherever they are placed there needs to be a robust infrastructure that supports the connectivity so that the work can be able to be delivered without any bottleneck or without any constraints so when we are looking at constraints we have to consider the dynamics of real-time analytics that take place, particularly when we're looking at the, the standard bank legacy systems and also piloting them to intelligent systems. So there is a gap there which uh, uh, some of our uh, engineers, scientists or data scientists need to feel, looking at also at the economists and financial managers need to feel and come up with a transformational solutions on how do we best pilot the transition of legacy systems to intelligent systems? Is it a fully uh, operational system that uh, will enable the infrastructure for autonomous 
I can't hear. Oh, say two. I think we're losing Setu there. We've lost yeah. Setu. We're losing me. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that. But do we look... You need that 5G yes, I, network. I'm, I'm saying with, with the... Oh, okay. My apologies with that. I'm saying with regards to Standard Bank uh, legacy system and piloting it to an intelligent system, the ramification of the... Uh, said you. I think we're losing you. So, so, so. I look, I mean, yeah, we, we, we. I think we lost Setu. Um, um. I think the question, maybe, I think as he was speaking, I think one of the questions that you know a lot of people have it's about how technology is replacing so many careers, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it goes back to, you know, what are some of the fields or or careers that are really you know ideal for working at home and and you know how can people start you know upskilling themselves because i mean he some of the things that he was saying you know like machine learning obviously will replace some careers mm. you know um artificial intel intelligence will, will would replace you know a lot of careers so so how, how can people upskill themselves and stay on top of their careers and which some what are some of the careers maybe that are ideal uh, for people to work at home because we we all can't work at home unfortunately no it's specifically for a doctor well at some point you will be able to work from the comfort of your own home and a robot will be able to do the surgery but um at this point one of the things to be cognizant of is what are the skills you're going to need in the future? And, you know, the World Economic Forum has named the, the, the following C's, as I like, like to call them. So my mom will be very disappointed. I studied accounting, but I really wanted to be an actress. So the first C is creativity. So the skill of creativity <laughs> is what we're going to need most in the future. That's one of the reasons you're seeing, you know, such a burst of artists starting to do well. People who work in the music industry are starting to do so well and transition into other disciplines because creativity is something that unfortunately machine can't quite learn yet. So if you're in the creative space, you will find yourself doing very, very well. The second skill that is becoming very, very important and and a lot of people find surprising is community. The ability to connect mm. with other people and build communities is huge. And you're like, Vumi, what are you talking about? You're in a community right now. You're on Twitter. There are people <laughs> here that you're following, that you connect with, that you now engage with. And in essence, those relationships can be monetized. So community building, podcasts, building communities, very, very important in how you are able to grow. The third is going to be communication. How well can you articulate your thoughts, your point of view, that another person can comprehend it and, and piggyback off it? That's going to be another very, very important C in, 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 in the future. So those, those, those are the sort of skill sets you're going to need. And you're going to notice I did not say we're going to need engineers, we're going to need accountants, etc. If you ask me what careers do I know for sure in the future are going to be required, I don't know. I simply don't because jobs are being built and created now that didn't exist five years ago. They, they, mm. they, now you can say I'm a podcaster and that'd be a valid thing that you do. I'm a digital content creator, a valid you know stream of income did not exist in, in, in the past. Yeah. So we focus more on the skills you're going to need that we anticipate are going to be required um, in the future. But if you were studying right now and you're in matric and you're saying for me, but what should I study? I'll whisper. 
data scientists. That's where the money is. <laughs> so data scientists, greatest shortage in the country, um, specifically also engineers, software engineers, massive shortage in the country. Those guys are starting mm. to demand whatever they would like to earn. And, you know, everywhere in the globe, I speak to clients everywhere, everyone from my American clients through to my clients in Nigeria, everyone says, Vumi, do you have a data scientist for me? And do you have an engineer who specializes in software that can actually help build some of the things that we're going to need in the future? So that's where my money is going to be for the next, I'd say, four or five years, Max. Awesome, awesome. Well, ho- hopefully we've got Thanks. matriculants on the on the space taking <laughs> notes <laughs> on that. And I, I, I love what, what you said that, you know, it's not particularly about what career is going to be booming, you know, because of, I mean, who... Who would have said that you know you know people would be content creators today as an example making a hundred percent living on just creating content or mm. youtubers right or youtube influencers you know who make money from from youtube so it's quite interesting so i i, I want to go back to you know the conversation of you know hybrid work at home or remote and, uh, and the question that i wanted to ask you is you know what are some of the health consideration that we need to take um, or we need to think about, you know, as 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 we are working post COVID, right? Whether we're working at home or in the office or even a hybrid model, what are some of the things that you know employees could do health wise and some of the health habits that we need to practice? So the first is getting yourself an ergonomic chair. You're going to spend a lot of time sitting down. So for me, one of the things is get a very ergonomic chair that can help support your body the second which is a practical one and that's something in the process of doing is get a standing a standing desk so you can spend some of your time actually standing just to get the blood flowing the third is being intentional around your mental health Mm. and that comes from what we spoke about the discharging right Mm -hmm. so every single time you notice guys where's my charger that's a reminder for you Mm. have i recharged do I need to take a little bit of a coffee break? Do I need to stretch? Do I need to breathe? Um, you know, we've seen that a lot of people who actually implement strategies like um, the practices like meditation tend to perform better. I know if you're going to say to me, Vumi, really? Meditation? Yes. Like there's a reason when you're a little kid and you start screaming and that make you count to 10, you are meditating. It's to calm yourself down. So just the practice of breathing and meditating for these 10 to 15 minutes, we see that you actually, your health improves. You have to give it up to your diet. You know, I run a, I run a program, career acceleration program, and I literally have a dietitian come and teach what you need to be eating from mm. a productivity perspective. Love it. Because what we tend to do is if you don't have the luxury of having a fantastic woman like Norma who lives at my house and cooks, you have to cook for yourself. And then you're like, oh, actually, let me just quickly Uber eats it. And what you'll notice is you get sluggish and your productivity goes down and you get into what we call a little bit of a brain fog. So being intentional about what it is that you're eating becomes very, very important. And then you want to do things like drinking your water. If you're like me, oh, water, hate it. Get, get sparkling water. Put some bubbles into it. Close your eyes and think it's champagne in the middle of the day if you have to. Uh, just to get that water intake up and going. And then, of course, you have to make sure that you, at the end of the day, are stopping to work. You cannot work full time. You know, there are a number of, um, of, of research papers that have come out that have shown us that after about, if you're very good, about one hour to 18 minutes your concentration span actually decreases. So your ability to be productive decreases. You, so general rule of thumb is every hour, take 10 to 15 minutes just to breathe, mm. just to walk, or just mm. to do 10 jumping jacks and then continue. And at the end of the day, when you close that laptop, close the laptop. Don't peek, mm. completely disengage, read a book, 
go onto Netflix, do something else that does not require you to think because you don't give your, your body and your mind a time to reset, reboot in order to come up with fresh ideas and a fresh perspective. If you keep on working with uh, on a problem, we say that the, the we often say that the mindset that created the problem cannot be the mindset that solves the problem. Hmm. You're in the same hmm. frame of mind. So disengage so you can come with a fresh framework and a fresh point of view before you can continue the next day. It's the best decision you can make for yourself and your employer. Yo. Vumina, thank you very much. I think there's so much that you've said. Um, and I certainly, you know, I think the intention sometimes is I will take a break. I will, I will, I will. Yeah. And sometimes then the follow through, <laughs> you know, you do it for a day, you do it for two, maybe even a week. And then after that, it just falls away, um, you know. And before you know it, you're back um, answering emails at 2 a.m. Mm. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, Vumina, before I... Um, we, we address, our, at least from my side, our last question. I just want to encourage um, those listening in. Um, if you have any, uh, if you want to share your experiences, please do. And don't forget, um, if you're listening in um, and if you're engaging with us, you could stand a chance to win one of 10 uh, um instant money vouchers for 750 rand. Uh, so, Vumile, we've said a lot about working. And I think one of the things that... Um, was certainly uh, exacerbated during uh, the um, the pandemic is unemployment. Um, mm. We our unemployment figures were already um, concerning uh, prior to the pandemic, and they've gotten just worse. A lot of industries and a lot of um, you know people, especially if you're thinking the hospitality industry, they've struggled to open up. You know, a lot of businesses have shut down, and there, there's no coming back uh, for those businesses. Um, what is your if somebody is sitting in, listening, wondering, how do I re-enter or, or how do I enter if you're just fresh out of varsity and you've come out into this shocking economy, um, how do I enter or re-enter the SA economy? How do I rebuild if I once had a small business that was shut down by COVID? So let's talk to the guys who are wanting to enter the job market. The first is, there's a mistake there. You said enter South Africa. Think bigger. Do not limit yourself mm. to your geographical location. There are incredible opportunities around the world. And I personally, you know, I built a business across the world because I like to earn in dollars and spend in rands and nairas. That's me personally. So, yes. <laughs> so don't limit yourself to your geographical location. What are the expertise that you currently have that potentially could be sold to other markets across the globe? That's the first point of view. What do you what do you know for sure that you're so good at doing that your skill set can actually be scaled and sent across the globe? That's one aspect to look at it. The second aspect is start with what you have. A lot of us are saying, no, 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 but I want to start with a listed company because it's been drummed into our heads. But if there are no opportunities in a listed company, are you willing to consider small to medium-sized enterprise? Who do you know who runs a certain business that you can actually say, listen, this is what I can do for you? The amount of grads I've I've been able to coach who are now doing digital content for for middle size income uh, for middle uh, middle um, middle size businesses who simply weren't doing any social work. You love being on social media. You've got an eye on it. You've got so many followers. Why aren't you leveraging that? So do an audit of what your skills are that you can actually monetize. Um, and I think this is valid for someone who's also already in corporate, 
We all know that we need to diversify our income. I'm a career coach today. You'll never say that I was an executive in the banking sector mm. now. But this was my side hustle. It's now my full-time job. Mm. So also look at various revenue streams. By diversifying your geographical location, it also diversifies diversifies your your um, your currencies that you can earn in. So when the rent gets hit, you're not you're not stressed because you can earn in another currency on your on your side hustle. And then if you're currently in um, in a job and you're saying for me I actually want to do a career transition you need to ask yourself what kind of career transition are you looking at doing are you wanting to do within the same organization where you're saying I love I love my employer but I belong in marketing not in IT how can you start cultivating those relationships that can help move you through to IT or are you looking for an industry transition to say listen I'm done with this employer I've learned everything I can I want to work for our competitor what is your strategy to move yourself across? How can you position and market the skill sets that you've got to move yourself across? Or is it completely um, new a new organization, new industry? That's a hard one. What do you have now that the organization and industry you're wanting to go to is going to require? A lot of us, when we job hunt, we think from our perspective, I want to earn more. I want more exposure. That's not how you job hunt. <laughs> what does the market need? Mm. The market prescribes to you what is required, not you just saying, this is what I want and pay me a million rands for it. That's not really how this is going to work. So I think that's what you have to take a look at. And then of course, you know, I even, I think I say this in, um, in my article, my true love column, guys, job hunting is not a fish fishing exercise where you just throw out a net and you hope something catches. You do it like hunting, like for sniper rifle style, where you're very, very honed in into this particular job, this particular organization, and you tailor make your CVs. And I share lots of these tips. You guys can, you know, reach out to me on socials, and I'll, I'll give you even a guide to help you do it. But that's a big mistake in South Africa. We like we've got this tendency of one size fits all, one CV, five hundred applications, and then you get confused. This is not a Chinese dress where it's one size fits all. You must tailor make these things. Hmm? Think Versace, not China Mall. You understand? Um, so I think it's very important that we are cognizant of of that in and how we go about approaching. Now, if you are a business owner and you know I'm an entrepreneur at heart and I book businesses, you have to ask yourself where do you find yourself now? If you're going to say to me, Vumi, I just need funding, we all do. But what can you bootstrap? What do you need to adjust that if if the pandemic were to happen again, you are better suited? And also, this is the hardest one. And I I know I've had to close businesses down. Is it still worth continuing or do you have to be realistic, recalibrate and re-strategize and reposition what it is that you do? What problem were you solving and how can you now solve this problem on a different platform? How can you take the learnings you've got because no one has more experience than someone who's actually failed at something than you do right now? recalibrate use that use those learnings reposition and send out your new improved product into the market but also know when it's time to walk away you cannot beat a dead horse and i think sometimes we're so in love with what was that we can't see the opportunities that are currently in um in our face Mm. Mm. wow we're speechless <laughs> um, before before we 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 land the plane, um, I see Lindo has asked to to speak. Lindo, we're gonna give you an opportunity if you got a question or you just want to um, add to the conversation. I would like to add to the conversation. Thank you so much for the platform. Um, I just like to respond to something that Vumile mentioned earlier on about work life fluidity. 
and the importance of being able to maneuver around from being at your desk, getting the job done, getting your outcomes and everything and sorting that out, but also having time for yourself and your family and your other immediate responsibilities. Because at the end of the day, we aren't just, you know, a bunch of bums in a seat in offices or in corporates or in different working environments. We are human. And what's been really beneficial for myself, for example, over the last two years is um, just thriving because I am working from home. I've removed myself from the desk environment, which was probably draining me. I was spending more than 40 hours a week, some weeks 60, some weeks 70. Sometimes you just, you, when you look at the work that you were doing in an office setting and how you're able to balance yourself now uh, working from home, it's a complete, it's a complete different world altogether. Um, and also another big benefit of that is your relationships around you. So your family, if you have children, and um, I know, you know, you mentioned like being able to take kids to school and picking them up and being more present in extracurricular activities. Um, if you are a caregiver to elderly relatives, which some of us are, you're able to, you know, drop people off at the doctors. You're able to to deal with life's biggest responsibilities. But also I can take my laptop with me if my grand's at a doctor's appointment and sits in the waiting room and, you know, sort some things out as well. And I'm not chained to a desk. Uh, whereas before, getting the time off from work or from a line manager to attend to something personal would have been quite a bit of a schlep. And it's, oh, it's Linda again asking for half a day to sort this out. Um, but over the, the last two years, that hasn't been an issue at all. Absolutely. Thank you, Linda. And I think, you know... Um I think it was Ramesh who made the thing about, you know, um, children and other distractions. But what I certainly found was people became more accommodating, even when mm. your kids would run yeah. and your dogs would start barking before Microsoft had um, teams had allowed us to mute background noises. Um, I have two very big dogs who are always barking and it you know and just people would be like it's okay you know maybe the first week or two were a bit uncomfortable but after that people just generally understood that look maybe five out of six people in this meeting are going to have some form of background noise it's absolutely fine it's absolutely normal um and you know i i too lindor i have an elderly my mother lives with me and she's an elderly woman um, who is sickly and requires frequent you know trips to the hospital and doctors and things like that but i found there's certainly been a lot more accommodation mm -hmm. even with not just the line manager but the rest of your team people just became a lot more understanding that look we're all going through this we're all under different or varying degrees of pressure and let's just cut each other um each other some slack you know um and and for me that's probably the, been the biggest benefit of working um from home or you know being in lockdown is just people have given um a lot more understanding they're a lot more patient and there's just less of a we frown on you because you know again you're not people are less there's less clock watching in at eight, yeah. out at five. If you are mm. even a minute late, people don't care anymore. And I also much. think you know, I, my favorite thing about that, you know, just to add, has been that we've allowed humanity to come back into the workplace. Mm. Because mm. when you hear a child mm. screaming, I've also got a dog. When Rocky's barking, he's tiny. He's a Yorkie, but he sounds like he could be a pit bull. When you hear him <laughs> barking. It's like, oh, Vumi, she's not just this one thing that I need as an executive. 
she's actually mm. also you know a dog owner or actually also a friend or a daughter or whatever it is and i think for me that's so so important because it brings you know that 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 see i mentioned earlier around community because i found even with now even with my team meetings people are like oh is rocky okay is someone at your door is it so and so it starts to allow for soft touch connections that that are the fiber of community building if that mm. makes sense Mm. Absolutely. And I do I, I do think um, it's worth also for us mentioning before we wrap up, um, a lot of us faced a lot of loss. Um, and I, I, I think that's helped bring in the humanity. People have had to take time out to mourn and grieve this mm. unnatural and abnormal way of having to let go of people you love at just like really fascinating rates. I think people, those who haven't had or haven't lost loved ones are really, really fortunate. But I know people who just, it was just constant, I'm going to a funeral, I'm going to a funeral, I'm going to a funeral, or I'm on a Zoom funeral. Mm. Um, so there's been a lot of loss. There's been, and, and we, we also need to just bear in mind that we need to adjust to that. The mm. fact that not only our lives derailed by the fact that um, the world closed up and we the way the world we knew it um, has completely changed we've lost so much so much um, and that's why it's important to be kind to each mm. other yeah. but most, absolutely most definitely most definitely so we we're about to close up the the space um, the Twitter space finance for Twitter space but before we do that we uh, you know, uh, are you gonna are you gonna announce the the poll results? Because we did have a poll before we started the space, um, and I'm gonna give Dineo, um uh, the rights to to announce who won <laughs> between working from home or at the office. You know, there was a third option <laughs> which says makes no difference. <laughs> you know, whether at the office or at home. You know, yeah, let the let the work continue. You know, so. So. Look, um, and I, I guess I'm not particularly surprised by this. Uh, 52% of you said working from home, much yeah, prefer. 32% yeah. um, at the office, makes no difference. 16%. You guys just don't care. It is what it is. Um, but I think the other interesting one, Sam, was uh, the second question we yeah. asked. How often mm. should employers allow you to work from home? Yeah. 26% said all the time. Yo. <laughs> um, 64, and I, I guess this speaks to the high, the preference for a hybrid model, mm. a few times a week. And then 10% said never. <laughs> I think I'm going to assume the never count on employers. <laughs> I want to I fight the never people. <laughs> <laughs> the never people are employers. <laughs> hey. But yeah, um, but I think, uh, you know, Vumile, thank you very much uh, for joining us today. Um, I think we, we all learned so much and have so much to uh, take from our conversation. And to all our listeners, thank you very much. Um, and those of you who enter the con co uh, competition, engaged with us, um, our community managers will be in touch uh, with the winners. Most definitely. And I think uh, I always say this, um, not just because of it's something that I want to say, but it's I, I really mean it. Every space, you know, um, that we contact with Standard Bank, I learn a lot. Um, so thank you very much, Vumi, for that. 
you know, uh, one day, you know, I've, I've set my goal. One day, I want to earn in naras and dollars and spend in rands. So yes. I'm not gonna forget that quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you to everyone that has 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 tuned in, taken time out of the Sunday afternoon to just come and listen to to the space. Hope you guys gained insight um, into the world of work, and and yeah, and I think you know um, maybe we have motivated some employers, you know, who have been less flexible to to be a bit flexible with the employees and and I think put the the, the health of the employees you know first and also uh, i think as we have been discussing bring back the human in, mm. in the workplace so so i we, we really hope that you also took things and 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 learned a lot um from this twitter space thank you so much for having me thanks for and i think for those employers i'm hoping that there's also going to be a push perhaps to co-create uh solutions around how we work you know as opposed to top down let's engage let's you know, let's let's uh, collaborate and see what works. But um, you know, whether you're working from home, from the office, from somewhere else, um, and in between, uh, I hope and wish you all, and I hope you've had um, a very very wonderful Workers' Day. Definitely. And Dineo, can we go the distance this year and stay um, on the path of financial fitness? Sam, it can be. Thank you, everyone.